Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you, Luke? Hello, I am well. Hello. Welcome, friends. Did you feel it, Luke, the last couple mornings? The Did nip? You feel it? Yeah. It's one of my favorite parts of the year. Not really, Just... but no, sure. you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I came out in the the brisk. It was 62. Yeah. Which is yeah. a nip in Florida. That's definitely a nip, especially For around this time second, of year. It was yeah. 62. The moment the sun reared its ugly head, it's like, eh, not so fast, Floridians. Yep. I'm oh, coming 92. for you still. Immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's just the the signal to let you know that the heat of summer is slowly starting to lose its grip a little bit. You know, just to let you know. on the the slight. Right, right. Just to let you know. Today was 88. Yeah. It's still very hot. It's still 79 right now. Yeah, it's not good, but Uh, it was, it was, that's like just goes to show you how bad it was this year. How hot. You know, the fact that we're like relieved by such temperatures is, is telling. (laughs) Yep. How our skin was melting off of our bones yep. earlier in the year. Oh, this skin feels more firm, <laughs> less yeah. liquid. <laughs> oh my god, um, I'm not about to burst into flames right away. So, <laughs> did you uh, pre-order the iPhone? I did not. No, okay. it was just between doing our bathroom and going to Utah in two weeks. It's just not. I'm not financially ready right now at this moment to Utah. do it. Utah. I am going to do it. I think once we get back from the trip, I'm going to do it. Because i got to pay off my phone, I believe. I haven't even talked to the AT&T people, but I think i I got to pay them like 300 bucks, and, mm. and I'm sure there's some fees to start the thing. But, yeah, I'm going to do it. I just haven't done it. Honestly, I'm just not as big of a rush. My phone's not really. In. <laughs> this is definitely a want, not a need. Oh, definitely. And honestly, I'm kind of split because I, I really do want to replace my watch. And my watch needs to be replaced more than my phone. And I wanted to get the Ultra. Mm. And I'm so torn because it's like the, the last year's Ultra is still great. But if I'm going to replace something, I also yeah. am tempted to just be like, I should probably just go ahead and get the nicest one. But if I do that, it's still $800. So that's almost as much as the new phone. So I'm kind of torn. But then there's also, like, I use my phone a lot more than I use my watch. Well, I guess technically I don't. Technically I use my watch more because it's on my wrist all the time. It's on your skin 24-7. I have a lot more use for my phone, whereas if I forget my watch, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just, oh, well, I won't know how many steps I took today. (laughs) Do you think there will ever be a time when we stop calling them phones? Like, the fact that we call them phones is kind of funny to me. Like, I know they're phones. But how yeah. often do we use them as phones compared to everything else? Really, multimedia devices, is like what Steve Jobs called them, right. is really the better name. But nobody wants to call that that because that doesn't come off the tongue very well. and It kind of sounds geeky. Right. It's like smart device or, I don't know, like all that like putting phone in there it's just such a like secondary like when was the last time during like an apple presentation they were like let's talk about how much better of a phone experience this is it's no it's yeah. always the everything else 
Not that I care. I don't use it. That, that was much. what one of the reviewers said. It's like the iPhone has finally become a camera, no longer a phone. I'm like, well, sure. That I mean, that's a good article title, but I mean, people they still, as much as they love having great pictures, and I do, I'm, I'm so thankful for all the enhancements and everything. The majority of people are still using it for communication purposes, mostly, whether it's social media or texting or mm-hmm. phone calls or, or Instagram messages. You know, they're, they're doing some kind of communicating, even if it's just looking at other people's communications by photos or video. So, yes, it is very much a camera, but I still feel, feel like it's mostly a communication device. Yeah, calling it a it's camera just sounds just as reductive. Doing? Yeah, that's too small in comparison to all the many myriad of things you do with your quote-unquote phone. And honestly, shopping, I almost do as much shopping as I do social media stuff. So I'm always doing Amazon or I've actually bought some stuff off Instagram recently. I needed some new socks and they had some awesome socks that really sold me. What? I do do like of all the ads, I, I do think Instagram it just like it gets my taste the best of all of them. I'm still in shock. So you bought something from Instagram and it's like shipped and sold by Instagram. People, no, people just are able to have their store on Instagram okay. instead of somewhere else. So it, like it goes straight to their website, but you're going through the Instagram interface of their website. If that makes sense. Yeah. So they just set up a shop, you know, almost like an Etsy or something. It's this hollow socks. They sell alpaca wool socks. Oh. Not that anybody cares, but <laughs> they, they've been good socks. Best socks I've had before. So. Alpaca wool. It's the best kind. How can you wear that here? This must be from Utah. So dorky, but it really is. It's not hot. I, really? I, I didn't want to get into it because I feel like such a nerd. It sounds but hot. They, they're very soft and they don't, they're not hot like regular wool. That's like the selling point. And they're like... A lot stronger. Wow. I know. I'm a dork, but... No, we should do oh, the entire podcast episode it. about they're it. They're worth it. <laughs> I've just had a lot of socks, and they keep getting holes in them, and I got sick of it. I'm like, I'm going to try some better socks. I'm going to spend some money on some socks. And so far, I've been very happy with them. Mm. Very good. Yep. How many pairs came with it? Just one pair? Uh, you can get as many as you want. I, I did a six-pack. Oh boy! If you can buy them one. If you buy one, it's twenty five dollars. But if you buy six, it's only seventy five dollars. So only six. Okay. That's half. <laughs> so when I was in New York several years ago, like maybe like five years ago, I don't really remember. But a man came up to me on the street and handed me uh, several pairs of socks. Hmm. I still have those socks, Luke. Did he say anything? Yeah, I mean, I resisted he him. for money? No, no, I, I resisted him at first. What? I was like, you know, because when you're in New York, like, you have... Check these out. See how good they are. We have all these people like, here, here, here you go, here you go. You know what I mean? Like, you're walking around, there's all these people handing you mostly pieces of paper, advertising crap. But this guy was like, here's some socks. I was like, no, 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 no. I felt like a jerk. I was like, no, no, seriously, no, thank you. But he was like a part of some sort of church community or you're something like that. to take these socks. Right. They've been poisoning my feet slowly for the past five <laughs> years. Little did I know. Um, <laughs> anywho, let's get let's get into the show, shall we? Let's uh, start do where it. we always do. Watching slash playing slash listening to Luke. Have you been listening to anything recently? 
Um, I'm actually listening to some stuff right now. Um, <clears throat> Passion Pit. Oh, they've, Passion uh, Pit. got some good stuff. Yeah, I hadn't listened to them in a while, but uh, they popped up in my Discover Weekly. Man, there's so much good stuff in there. Um, American Blood is the song. And uh, I think it's, yeah, it's in the extended re-release of the Gossamer album that oh. released, I think, 10 years, actually 11 years ago it's, now. Yeah, it feels like such a long time now. I thought they did it on an anniversary, but <laughs> I don't know. They did it a year after. But uh, It's a good album. Yeah, it is a good album. Um, I don't yeah, even know. Is that on the original ago. as well? No. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that's why it popped up for me. So. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. He's got a unique voice. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So check out Passion Pit just in general. But uh, American Blood's pretty good. Indeed. Boston, Massachusetts. It is a one-man project. Okay. Is it? Passion Pit is? What it says, yeah. Oh. One-man project, singer, songwriter, Michael Angelo. Kind of like it Alcides. started for him making a Valentine's Day gift for his girlfriend. Nice. I wonder if they're still together. Cool. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I wonder if she I'm liked really it. Good. How about that? <laughs> It'll be, thank you for the career, I guess. <laughs> not that I now have. Yeah. Even though you broke up it with says me. It, it ended up in the hands of friends and... What is it? Uh, friends and, and acquaintances that were enthralled with his work. Wow. That's something. That would be an intimidating gift. Hey, I started a music project for you. And I'd be like, oh, dang. Well, I guess he just made the album and then they all liked it, so he did more. Oh, dope. Cool. How about you? Well, um, the full length of that uh, beautiful letdown. Uh, deluxe edition, our version, or whatever came out. And so I've been listening to that. It's really good. I, I brought it up before, um, but the full version came out and I've been listening to that and it's uh, excellent. Um, kind of top to bottom. I mean, that album was amazing yeah. on its face, like when it came out all those years ago, but having these artists like kind of put their stamp on it and then their version, them like re-recording. I don't know what the deal is with the whole our version thing or my version. I know, or Taylor's version, all that stuff. I know with the, with Taylor Swift, it was like a thing where she lost kind of the rights to her own work. And so she was like, well, I'm just going to re-record it. And then, so to kind of get around that and also please her fans. Um, I don't know if there's a similar situation for them. I know. I was wondering that I haven't heard anything. I don't know. If there was a situation where Switchfoot lost the rights to that album or whatever, I, I don't know. But yeah, an, another or it thing could be that as simple as they just said, ago. "That's a good idea." Let's yeah, that's a good that. idea. Absolutely, more more artists should do that. That's a, no it, it reason is a good idea. to do it, but that's right. a good idea. You see Taylor like putting out these albums like like at once a year, and people get super hyped about it. And so I don't know. There's, yeah, it's it could be a good idea for others, even yeah. if there is no weird web of ownership that they have to break through. <laughs> I don't know. Even better, honestly. Than yeah, less yeah. to deal with. Right, true. Um, yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it. Uh have you been uh watching slash playing anything? Uh not a talk? lot, but we have been pushing through only murders in the building and uh nice. just enjoying that. I think we're I think we're up to date now actually. We were like three episodes behind and 
Yeah, it's just a just a fun show. I just I like how there's not a lot to really. It, I don't know how to say it. You know how there's there's this media that that we've talked about it before. It can be preachy, but it's like just in general, things have extra stuff in them that just distracts you from the story. And I think that's that's awesome. one thing that dawned on me. That's like that's what I like about it. it. Just it doesn't do that. It just story is the story, and and there's also, you know, whether it's whether it's preachy or just side things that happen. Um, and it's like sometimes that can be fun, but sometimes you just kind of want it to be all kind of concentrated on the same thing. And I was trying to think of an example. There's can't remember exactly what, but there's been several superhero movies where there'll be like multiple people in different places doing stuff, which sometimes works, but I feel like other times it's just like, this is just too much going on, if that makes sense. And sometimes it's just nice to get the band together, and that's kind of what this show does, and they just kind of work towards one thing. And when there are like little side things, it's very minor, but then the stories come right back together, and and that's kind of how this season has been and focused I guess is just a simple way to put it and um, I think it really comes down to the writing I think the writers almost like I sometimes do on the podcast I get distracted and start off in another direction and I think I can see the writers being like oh this is a cool story oh but what if this was happening and right. they get off shoot how did we get thing. here yeah they kind of did that with the second season Cara Delevingne was in it yeah and, um, I remember that it was kind of yeah it was like like, I wouldn't say I hated that as much. It just felt like it kind of distracted from the main thing that was entertaining about the show. And The Bear is a good example of where they really focus on that. And there are minor things like where, where the chefs will like go off to school and stuff. But they never make that a big thing that distracts away from it. Anyways, I think everyone has understood the point by now. But uh, just enjoying that show a lot. Um and speaking of a property that is easily distracted, Starfield, I've been, you know, that's the only other thing I've really been doing mm-hmm. other than my bathroom remodel. But Starfield is one where, man, you really do write your own story, just like, you know, pretty much all Bethesda games are that way. But, um, yeah, I, I've been... I've been trying to trying to focus. You know, you always talk about how Amber likes to do all the side quests and you like to push through the main story and... I feel like I kind of land in between a lot of times. Uh, it just kind of depends on how interesting that side stuff is or how interesting the exploration is or, yeah. or in the other side, how interesting the main story was. And at times I've felt a little bored with the main story and I've wanted to go off, but I've been trying to push through i want to i want to push the story i want to see where it goes i want to see what the development is i know several of the reviews i've heard say like abilities get unlocked and and stuff that makes the game more fun and so this is a game that i think is well worth getting to that point at least and um i definitely several times have sat down to play in the last week and been distracted by call of duty and ended up playing that mm-hmm. call of duty has has done something that we've talked about this over the years many times and I'm sure anybody listening to this already knows it's it's the ultimate in addiction level gaming it's it's reward you at every moment all the time and give you constant action whatever type of game first person shooter you want to play we will provide that for you so that 
there's no reason to leave our app. You know, same thing with Facebook, same thing with Instagram. It's like, stay right. here. We can get your attention. TikTok, you know, all these things. And, and Call of Duty is the epitome of that on Xbox. And it's had my attention for many years. And they they like to rev up their season and get everything going, but then have a teaser ready for that next thing. So it's like right as it seems like it starts to dip, they immediately start teasing. Well, guess what? There's going to be zombies in the next game. It's like there's always that next thing to get you excited. There's always that next gun to unlock. There's always that next map that's coming. And uh, I've definitely been a victim of it for a long time. And I, I still am. I haven't learned my lesson yet. But <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I definitely get, I've gotten distracted by Call of Duty, but I, I'm trying to focus myself. And it's like the little bit of time I do have to play, I really do want to play Starfield. And it's very hard for me to not get distracted by Call of Duty, but I'm trying to make that a goal to this game has been something I've been looking forward to a long time. I, I also don't, I've been trying to not let those negative thoughts from all these reviews and all this talk around it seep in and, and, change my experience morph my experience you know whatever however you want to say it and um i feel like it has a little bit and that does disappoint me it, it is it's kind of like we've talked about where you try to go see a movie without seeing the trailers that have spoilers everywhere um mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing with the game i feel like the trailers for the game don't usually ruin anything because the story a lot of times is more complicated than a movie and it's like i don't know there's just a lot more to it but the reviews to me are the biggest thing because it's it's one person's you know thirty hour opinion or whatever which there's nothing wrong with that it's not you know it's not a negative towards reviewers it's just I personally find more enjoyment out of forming my own opinion and then going back and reading reviews and listening to pundits after I've done that and that was very hard Agreed. to get away from when I'm a huge consumer of reviews and written articles. Um, and this game came out, you know, five, six days earlier than it did on Game Pass. And I didn't I didn't want to pay the money. It wasn't worth it to me to get to play early. And so I really was bombarded with all this stuff, whether it was in my Instagram feed or, you know, on TikTok or on um, on podcasts, or, you know, all the different things. So anyways, nothing that we haven't kind of already talked about again, but uh yeah, the journey just the main continues. Thing, just that I'm, I really am trying to like buckle down and play it, and uh, I find myself—I don't know—I'm I'm mixed, you know, on the games. Like I think there's a lot of good things there, but there are times in which I'm like, uh, I'd be having more fun right now if I was in a first-person shooter battle on Call of Duty, and uh, I, do, I don't think it's good. I think you know I need to learn that patience and learn that slower rpg it's just i've gotten away from that for so long and i've had this like twitch games whether it's halo whether it's call of duty whether it's apex legends um, it's feeding you you know like that game's like yeah. call of duty's feeding yeah. you i don't like it you know i i, I <laughs> yeah. enjoy the game it's always what i've wanted but i don't like that that is what i feel like i need for my time of sitting down with the game i, I don't i don't need that you know sometimes telling a slower story and having slower ga- gameplays is okay and yeah, building a base absolutely. and all that stuff. And yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like I've kind of rambled here. How about you? What you been consuming? God, so much, Luke. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like uh, this week's been like I don't know. There's a lot. All right, so I'm gonna try to move through it. Um, first off, you know there there were two directs ish kind of uh, last week. Uh, there was the Nintendo Direct. Um, I honestly don't have too much to say about that. I, I think like 
how good a Nintendo Direct is all mainly depends on if they show you the things that you want to see. And for me, it was kind of in the middle. Yeah, I really do want to play Paper Mario. And uh, there were, like, they remaking Thousand Year Door, which I've never played and I've wanted to for a long time. So definitely going to pick that up. You know, just a few other things here and there. Nothing that, like, blew me away. Um, the I didn't even watch the PlayStation State of Play as it was happening. I kind of just picked up the things that um, looked interesting to me afterwards. I'm trying to stay away from a lot of that uh, Final Fantasy VII stuff because I'm like, I, I know I'm getting it. I, I don't need to be sold on it. I mean, like, I'm excited. And uh, same thing with Spider-Man 2. I'm just like, okay, I'm excited. Uh, just, you know, ready for that to come out next month, and I'll be there. You know, I don't really need yeah. to watch much more, but I was happy to see that uh, Tales of Arise, a, a game I've talked about on here, is getting a big story expansion. I'm happy to see that. Um, so, yeah. Um, moving right along. Um, I've been playing, I started uh, Lies of P on Xbox, um, I, I knew I was going to play that, um, when I, when I, when I saw the, the announcement trailer for it, I just think it looks cool. I love, I love like the whole thing where it's like, we're taking this, uh, well-known story and, uh, going back. There used to be more of this, like EA used to do a lot of that with that Alice, like return to madness and, uh, Dante's mm-hmm. Inferno and like stuff like that where like, we're going to take, uh, either an old story or something like that, and we're just gonna, you know, make a video game out of it. And I, and I love the fact that this is like ultra loosely based in like Pinocchio, and we're just using that as like kind of a a, a frame uh, to like yeah. build our world in. Um, as far as the gameplay, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to come to this because again, Elder Elder Scrolls, um, Elden Ring was my first like uh, from software game, and this is you know Souls like. Um, that's obviously riffing off what they've done with Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all that stuff. And so I I haven't played uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or anything like that. So this is the first Souls or Souls-like game I've played after that. And yeah, it it is kind of cool. It does feel like a familiar dance, like after playing so many hours of Elden Ring to go into this. Uh, One thing I will say, there's a few things that are different as far as like uh, what takes priority. I do feel like the game's quicker, like as far as like your character, you're a little quicker. Um, the enemies are quicker in turn as well. Um, and I, there's a lot more focus on blocking, you know, where in, uh, Elden Ring, it's like, do you have a shield is blocking a thing you're going to do? Or if not, you're just going to be more nimble or whatever. This is very much like, no, you, you block and do like quick parries with your sword. So whatever sword you have, you have a, you have your dedicated block button for it. Um, and so there's a big, like, um, focus on that there's certain moves that the enemies do like fury moves that where it's like in it's in your best interest to block well and that like will help you take down the enemies um i'm not super far into the game i got past like the first major boss and uh got through like the the hotel and i'm kind of just making my way through um but no it is it is i think it's fun like i did like you know you kind of can tell like once you get to that first boss because everything else you do feel like okay I'm getting through these enemies here. Some of them are like really, you know, just kind of fodder that are there to like test your patience to be like, okay, are you going to be patient enough to deal with these? Or are you going to take a bunch of needless hits? So then when you do get to the uh, harder enemy, are you going to be prepared for it? And, uh, you know, I'm at that point now. I do see a feel that like uh, the enemy variety so far hasn't been crazy or anything like that. I do feel like a lot of these puppets I'm fighting are similar, 
But I'm super early into mm. the game. I can't really make that criticism well. But I like how the game looks. Um, I'm enjoying how the game plays, and I'm gonna keep playing it. I, there was that point where it got me, where I was like, when I was died a few times in the boss, and I had that like feeling, like, no, let's keep going, let's keep going until I until I got him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. I, I like what what it's doing so far. It, it looks like uh, what it what it's like is you have your weapon, then you have a, your secondary weapon like form of that weapon, but you also have your arm, which you can like attach a move to that arm. Like right now, I have like a grappling hmm. hook thing where you can like pull an enemy closer to you to get it's it's giving me some good options off the bat and you know which in a way that makes sense obviously it's not as like open-ended as um elden ring where it's like yeah there's just so much out there you could run into it or you could not you know in this one there it's obviously linear it's not it's setting you on a path where of course you can still miss things but still you're set on a path which you can easily see everything as you go if you take your time but good stuff good stuff so far i'm looking forward to actually playing more of that um i okay that's uh that's it for games um i did watch the little mermaid on uh on disney plus i i honestly don't have too much to say about this honestly you know seeing the trailer Hmm. it was one of those things where i was like yeah you know it's another one of these and yeah i mean there's a few of these that I've liked, like these Disney remakes. I liked Aladdin and I liked Cruella. Um, most of these are either in like this fine, needless category or bad. Like for me, the bad ones are like Mulan and The Lion King are just ugh, ugh. Like they make me upset a little bit. This is in this. Yeah. The Little Mermaid is kind of like in the same category as like. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Like, there's nothing here that I'm like, this is awful or terrible or anything like that. But it, it's still in the like, why did what did this even get made? I mean, there's some interesting choices here and there, but like a lot of these, the things they do in the movie, it's it's this weird thing. I saw this a lot in The Lion King. Not as bad here, but in The Lion King, there was a lot of times where they'd like say the same line, but it's almost like they did it in one go. Like, where was the energy in that line? There was like no emotion. Like. There was one part in the movie where, like, Sebastian, like, in the cartoon, there's that point where it's, like, Sebastian, like, Ariel has her legs, Sebastian's like, what are we gonna do, you got tricked by the sea witch, you don't have a voice, I'm gonna go tell your father, and he's, like, saying, and then, and I'm gonna tell your father, and then, and then you'll just be miserable all your life, and he's, like, sad about it. And in this one, he says the exact same line, and there's just zero emotion. Miserable all your life. And I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, why did they do that? But, you know, there's some good things about it. I, I do like some additions that they made to the story. Um, I think the story, I think like the visuals when it's just underwater are pretty bad, like really bad. But the movie looks a lot better when they're, you're like out of the water, which is funny to say. Like, I feel like the effects in general when Ariel's like on land trying to get with like prince eric i think like those are probably the better parts of the movie which takes up the majority of it thankfully but you know not terrible uh, by any stretch it's just it's just whatever i mean i think like if you're if people i see why people like it so much as a lot of people really like it it's like if you're nostalgic for it and you just want to hit of that and you just want to be like oh yeah but it's in live action. You, you'll get that. But I again, like a lot of these, I do feel that when it's time to put one the movie on for the kids, it's gonna be the original. I, I just come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the original. Definitely. It's like 
it's like the thing I liked about Aladdin is I felt like Aladdin, the live action Aladdin had its own flavor to it where it felt kind of like, yeah, this is in the same spirit of that animated movie, but it kind of has its own energy and I, I, I like it. I like seeing almost that remixed version of the original, but still the original is the freaking original. But with this, it's just like, yeah, this is just a lesser version. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's, mm-hmm. that's me. I, I know there's a lot of, live action Disney haters, unfortunately, I'm I'm one of them. I do try to put that aside every time I watch these things, but I don't know. I guess I yeah. maybe I have my own biases, but I don't know. Um Lastly, I, I've just been watching a lot of anime. Like a lot. I'm gonna try to make this quick and not like go on too much. I don't wanna be like, oh, here goes Jordan, the anime guy. Um but yeah, it something that you and I've talked about a lot when it comes to like movies now these days is the uh kind of the fall of the rom com. How like there's there used to be all these really good rom coms in like the two thousands, even like two thousand ten, they'd come to theaters and it yeah. was like, Oh my god, they're funny, they're romantic, they're good. And they're just yeah. not anymore. They're just like no no focus on them. They're just Hallmark and Netflix and mm-hmm. geez. But you know, it's the funny thing less is production. like less production, no, no thought into the writing or the acting or any of that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's all this whole genre of that within anime. It's funny to say, but like, obviously these stories are written first. These are adaptations of manga before they become anime, like 99.9% of the time. And so these are usually week to week, you know, written mangas that come out panel to panel that are adapted into animes. And so then these rom-coms are, are no different. And some of them are very good. Like some of them are just like they have so many different ranges. And the funny thing is I'm just kind of enjoying going through them. They're mostly short. They're generally like not super long. They're like uh, usually like 24 episodes at most between like two seasons. Some of them are shorter than that. Some of them are like 12. It's, it can get really short. And it helps you like just to kind of watch them real quick. And it's just kind of you get wrapped up in their world and all these characters. And then it's like, okay, bye. That was good. It was like a long movie. But I'm enjoying it because like uh, it's funny to see like in American comedies and American romances. these It's like I'm discovering all these new tropes <laughs> that these ones have too. And it's hilarious. Like, it, it's funny. You can almost, like, do a drinking game of them where it's like, oh, okay, here's the Christmas episode. Because it's funny. I've always been like, there's not going to be Christmas episodes in anime. Oh, they're all within the rom-com category. There's one that I watched that had three in a row where it's like, here's the Christmas arc, basically, where it's like, here's a, there's a Japanese Christmas song in it. And I was like, this is amazing. But um, there's there's always a Christmas episode. There's always an episode where they have a fireworks festival and where something usually generally big happens there. There's this, there's always this thing where when a character is growing closer, so it's it's not polite to say their first name. That's like a, a thing in Japan when you're amongst your peers that to say their first name is very an intimate thing. And then when the, the love interest says the other person's first name, it's like, ooh, it's like a flustered moment. And so like in American rom-com, what's the big thing that happens at the end generally? What is it building to? It's usually usually sex often, oftentimes, and sometimes it's marriage. Um, but and, and sometimes it's a confession of, of like love and stuff like that. But 100% of the time, almost 100% of the time, uh, in, in these rom-com animes, it's all about the confession. 
It's 100% all about are these characters going to come to terms with their feelings and they're going to align in a certain way where them where they confess to each other. They confess that they love one another and all this stuff. And gen- usually, generally, the anime ends. There's some exceptions. One of them I watched, the confession happened four episodes in, and then it was kind of just a romantic comedy slice of life. They're just a functioning couple throughout the entire series, which is actually kind of refreshing because you don't get that very often in anything. Honestly, usually it's like when they either become a couple or get married, it's usually over and you don't really see anything after yeah. that. That's generally how romance works. And so every now and then there's one where they become a couple and you just see that play out over the course of however many episodes. But either way, I'm just going to list the ones that I've seen. So if there is someone listening who is into this crap, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. What are they on again? What like what are they streaming on? Yeah. Um, it varies. Different things. Different not, things. Not some of them are on Hulu. Some yeah. of them are on uh, Netflix. But the majority are on is on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is the dedicated anime yeah. streaming service. Um, that's huge and extremely yeah it's crazy um but so yeah so and so some of them i watched were on netflix there's one i watched called comey can't communicate which is on netflix a very extremely wholesome show about this girl who's insanely popular and beautiful but she has a really like this strong uh social anxiety and this boy comes along and kind of helps her with him helps her make friends and maybe finds love along the way um there was one I called, watched called Hori Mia. That was the example I had where they actually confess early on, and it's just there are a couple throughout most of it. Um, there is one I watched called Toradora, which is actually an older one, but it's a very it's set in high school, but it's an odd couple kind of anime where there's characters who almost seem like they're brother and sister and their relationship, but it kind of they grow so close it just kind of becomes romantic. It's actually a pretty mature. Uh, take on uh, romance and what makes two people work together. Um, yeah, there's several more actually. There's there's a lot of these freaking things. Um, I think I feel like I just named the the better ones that I've seen recently. But again, these things are short, and I can just like boom, 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 like watch them like nonstop. And they're they're honestly they're they're usually pretty drama free which is kind of funny like a lot of them there's one called my dress up darling which is just about this guy who's a been a like kind of a outcast not outcast but just kind of a loner because of his hobby his hobby is just making dolls part of his family business making these japanese dolls and someone this girl finds out about it and wants to use that skill for her cosplay purposes and they just hang out and nothing bad happens the entire series and they just kind of slowly come together i don't know it's some of it's really refreshing some of them really wholesome i will say though the the one thing that with some of these that i'm like "Mm, maybe i'm 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 not going to recommend this to certain people only in some of them only in some of them is what they call fan service is when it's just like bunch of boobs bunch of butts just a lot of just sexualization of some of the some of these girls that happens and, and, and it's and it can get uncomfortable at times i get you want sexual tension in your rom-coms that's fine but a lot of times it just kind of becomes like Ugh, this feels like like you turn around is like almost like is someone gonna come walk in not that you know 
Amber understands these concepts, but I'm just saying that like, it's just a lot of times it's needless. It's in your face. It's so obvious. It's like you animated it that way for a reason. And sometimes it's needless. Again, I'm not like super prudish. Sometimes it, yeah, is in service of the comedy often is in service of the comedy because you have your male characters who are super nervous and super awkward. And then you'll have that stuff happens that, enhances the comedy and you see how they react to it i get it but a lot of times it's just it's just in degrees where when's it gonna hit the point where i'm like this is too much stop it knock it off i feel like a creep (laughs) watching it you know what i mean but all that being said having a good time with it it's kind of like when you discover something new and you're just like oh my gosh this stuff's good. I like this stuff. And you just kind of keep watching it. But anyways, I, I don't want to ramble on too much about this. It's going to become the anime podcast. Anywho, that's it. That's it, I think. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we partake? Sweet. Let's talk. Yeah, so we got uh, our topic today served up to us on a golden platter. <laughs> you know what it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's been a lot of these. Um, So, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go ahead and (laughs) explain to people what we're talking about. Um, So, the whole lawsuit between the uh, Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, and Microsoft um, means that there's a part of... So, actually, maybe I don't know. Maybe you know better. I don't really understand. So, before the trial actually begins, there's discovery, and that is when all the evidence basically has to be presented in front of the judge, and that's when all these media outlets are able to get a hold of stuff. But I don't really understand why now, two months after it's over, or a month, or whatever it's been, all of a sudden we have a new leak. Well, what is that about? Well, I don't really know how this stuff did leak, and it was basically just like this document that just got dumped and it like obviously wasn't supposed to was not public and it was a lot of it was either internal email email some of it for shareholders stuff like that and it just got dumped i don't know it, it what part of that was related to the ftc uh, lawsuit or, or what of it is just like this is just happening where it's like this stuff happens sometimes like it happens to nintendo every now and then where there's a leak will happen where how it got leaked i i don't know but obviously it's a i feel like it's a wide range of assortments of leaks you know it's not just like one thing like you know how they there was that nvidia leak where it was just like yeah here's a lot of games that looks like either whether they're placeholders or games coming out here's this giant list but this is just like here's games here's systems here's internal emails good grief it's just it's wild it's just it that's that's my 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 main takeaway just how crazy it is like i don't know if i have a lot of feelings about it one way or the other i mean obviously it's interesting and obviously it's crazy but how exactly it happened i'm not sure this is what it says at the end of the article the leaks emerge from documents 
from attachments to a single court document uploaded to a website hosted by the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, where the FTC is suing Microsoft. I don't know why they say they're suing. I thought it was over. But upon first glance, the PDF documents look heavily redacted as any others. However, using Adobe Reader to open the PDFs revealed a number of attachments that detailed Xbox gaming plans as well as confidential emails between executives. What it sounds like is they used some software to redact but it wasn't compatible with the Adobe Reader, and so those redactions just came off as soon as they switched it to a different format. Good grief. I've kind of seen that happen before. Um, the FTC is saying that it's Microsoft's fault. The way they uploaded it was their fault, not <laughs> anyone else's. I wonder, how, I wonder how true it is. fired is what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, right. Someone's going to be coming into the office and getting their umbrella turned inside out like dad from Mary Poppins. I don't know. It's not good. So if you're listening to this and you are interested in it, I would say it's best to actually go see it for your own eyes. But obviously, since we're here to talk about it, um, I'll just talk about the thing that I think is the most interesting, which is are these screenshots that IGN has posted on their website that <laughs> they're like, all, they're like as close to what Microsoft would actually release to the public as you can get this far out from a release because it literally has Brooklyn, the name of it, and it says Xbox Series X Refresh. And it has a whole thing explaining updated technologies, improved sustainability story, giving our fans more to love. And then it like shows what's going to be in it. Beautiful and innovation, new design, more internal storage, USB-C front port, all this stuff, you know, what the Wi-Fi 6E radio, uh, Bluetooth 5.2, um, <laughs> it's just crazy. So there's there's the Xbox Series X refresh, there's the Xbox Series S refresh, there's a new Xbox controller, so there's like new features, new, I guess, you know, the ergonomics are changed, um, new wireless technology. I'm assuming they're going to, yeah, rechargeable and swappable battery, which is like... I cannot believe we still don't have a rechargeable battery in the Xbox Series S controller. That is absolutely insane to me. Right, it's like the I didn't last get a rechargeable battery until yeah. I bought the Elite controller. And that's just crazy. Um, and then there's a whole breakdown of price, of size, of what's going to be in the box, the connectivity. Um, one interesting thing that if you've seen any of this stuff, mm -hmm. that probably everyone already knows is that none of them are going to have the ability to play discs, right. which is crazy. That's huge. That's a huge thing that I know that Microsoft did not want to be released. Um, and one thing that infuriates me is that for these new mid-gen device refreshes, the lowest end is 512 gigs on the Xbox Series X. That is crazy to me. I don't. It's a little yeah. hard to tell. I can't tell if they're saying there's going to be two versions, one with 512 or one with a terabyte. But either way, even if that one terabyte is the lowest, that's still crazy to me. It also, in the little image, it says that the Series S, more internal storage for games, one terabyte. They just released a black version of the Xbox Series S like yeah. a couple months ago, or they announced it, you know, to be released later this year. With one terabyte. So that would not mean that the new one has more storage. It has the same as the new, you know, slightly more expensive Xbox Series X. I just, I don't understand. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, the the Series X has two terabytes, and you know, yeah, that's another terabyte. But I'm sorry, but like five should be the minimum, in my opinion. If anything, a ten terabyte I think would sell like hotcakes. Right. If you're yeah. going to go all digital, you need so much space because discs are worthless nowadays. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Crazy. This is the yeah I agree. This is the craziest part. I think this is the fact that it was re- not. It's not just like you see schematics or you see like a patent or some details yeah. printed out. No, it's you see it. It's like a pamphlet. It's like there it <laughs> like is. The entire pamphlet for everything they're doing. It's this cylindrical kind of uh, looking thing, and you know it's it's just crazy um, that it's just there. It is. It's wild. Um, that is the. the one of the biggest leaks I've I've seen. I mean, the Series S leaked a little bit early, but this is way early. Like, <laughs> they are nowhere near about set to announce this. Like, obviously, right? And did, did they have anything yep. on the, in the leak about like a potential release date for this thing? <sighs> I didn't see anything about it. I mean, maybe they don't even know themselves. Yeah, I'm looking thing. back through it, but I don't I don't think so. I do not think so. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that did surprise me is that there's nothing, uh, you know. No, there was. Yeah, I remember. There is. There was a thing. Yeah, that. Um, at least in the article, it says the document revealed Microsoft's plans for a mid-gen Xbox refresh in 2024, so next year, yeah. and next-gen Xbox in 2028. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, I guess there's even a Bethesda release schedule for their games in here. Oblivion yeah. remaster, Fallout 3 remaster, and more leaked. Um, so here we go. Financial year 2022, Oblivion remaster was supposed to come out. Indiana Jones game was supposed to come out last year. Doom Year Zero and DLC was supposed to come out this year. And DLC. Project Kestrel, Project Platinum. Okay, this is financial year 2023. So I guess that I think that would extend into the first quarter, first fine or uh, calendar quarter of next year. I believe that's how that works. Mm-hmm. They're saying the Elder Scrolls Six financial year twenty twenty four. What? No. Yeah, no. That's crazy. Really? Project Kestrel expansion, licensed IP game, Fallout Three remaster, Ghostwire Tokyo sequel, Dishonored 3, Doom Year Zero DLC, all for financial year 2024. What I don't understand is, where is this stuff? Like, Oblivion Remaster? I would love an Oblivion Remaster. Did I miss that? It says financial year 2022. Isn't that over now? I'd like to know. I mean, I'd really like, yeah, I mean, the the financial year 2022 is definitely over. Um, But I'm really curious to... To know exactly, like, yeah, what happened? Is this something that they've shelved? Is this something that is coming out, but they've just pushed it further into the future? I, I, I or it's just not ready? I, I don't, I, have, I don't know. There's, a, I think that it raises a lot of questions, especially with those uh, expectations with the date. But yeah, here's the actual document, so you can see it while I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. Thank you. It's not letting me zoom in. There we go. Um, so financial year 2020 E, um, so some of this, some of this is old. Okay. So yeah, 2020, 2021. So that has 
Starfield in 2021. Yeah, that's what they wanted. So all of this has gotten pushed back. You can see Indiana Jones game 2022, Oblivion Remaster. So, so these are probably all things that are still coming. Starfield DLC, so that's probably coming up soon. So Oblivion Remaster and Indiana Jones games, I assume, would be the next big things to come out. Yeah. I think they've done that Elder Scrolls Online expansion. I think I think so. It's like they keep doing them, so it's like, who knows which one they're referencing, but yeah. It's like, and here's crap. the forecast for what they're going to make. Oh, Crazy. really? Good grief. I'm, I'm surprised Ghostwire Tokyo 2. I'm surprised at that. I didn't know how well that did or didn't do. Yeah. I'm guessing Starfield did not hit whatever that 600 is. Maybe it might have hit six hundred dollars. I, I think it, it could definitely have hit that number. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Come that's on. a million. Six hundred million. Oh boy. Maybe. Maybe. I highly doubt it hit six hundred million. Yeah, that's a lot. No, no. I mean, I mean, Redfall, hundred fifty-five oh, million. Redfall, yeah, absolutely no, absolutely no, sir, no, sir. Yeah, Starfield I mean, has had a lot of players. I just absolutely I'm just worried PC, about the uh, the fall off, longer term. Right. I mean, there's, you know, some things in here I think, you know, look cool. It's for me, it's like interesting what's not there as well. Like to see that Fable isn't there anywhere. If like there's the fact that there's a lot of these games that are never heard of. And then there's like games like that we have like Fable and, you know, yeah. uh, uh, that other rare game. Um, but yeah, the fact that they're just nowhere to be seen, it's just, you know, it's kind of weird. I don't it's know. In- it's interesting. This is not a Microsoft studio, but here it says next gen version of Rockstar's Red Dead Two, um, which is interesting. Um, Good. I just I'm. Was that a 2018 game? I think so. I mean, it was. Man, I cannot believe it's that old now. That game right. is five years old. It's one of the best looking games. That blows my like, mind of that generation. Uh, probably, you know, and it, it's good. I'm gl- actually glad for that because I would like to revisit that game and to see it. Like, I love that game. It just doesn't feel that old. I know it's weird to need an update for a game that I don't know. It just feels so current. Yeah, so it does. one of the things um, before the show that I wanted to mention. Um, so here's the uh, technology part of this little Xbox Series X um, pamphlet. Right here, this little bit right here, Jordan. Six nanometer die shrink for improved efficiency. Tell me, tell me what that so, is. So, I have a 2021 iPhone, which is the iPhone 13 Pro, and I have four nanometer. The iPhone 2023, which is 15, that's coming out now, just moved to a three nanometer. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't pretend to be an expert in this, but from what my understanding of this is that the nanometer tells you what generation chip it is. And the idea is that the chip is able to get... So, as far as I know, all these chips are built on like a single chip. And so when you shrink them down smaller and smaller, you're able to move information between the different parts of the sh- chip much faster obviously because they're closer together in physics you know mm-hmm. when there's less less of the copper that you have to move between it's able to work faster um 
And so when it, when they say six nanometer, it's literally you can measure it in nanometers how far apart, whatever it is, whatever the dye shrink is. I don't I don't quite understand that much, but the fact that I remember like so military grade stuff is always the first thing to get those super high speed chips. So three nanometer was a standard for all the military stuff back in 2022. Now the iPhones in 2025 are coming with its standard. And of course the iPhones probably next year will have maybe even two nanometers. Um, but it's just crazy to me that a, a console that they're planning for, what, maybe next year? Like we said, a lot of this stuff may be out of date. It may actually be the year after. 2025 I think is more mm-hmm. realistic for this. Um, I don't know. It just seems slow. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand. Um, I understand. It's like you're not building, you know, a purpose-built PC that has, like, all the bells and whistles. You're you're building a machine to play games at the best you can for a $500 budget. That's really what it is. And I think that's probably why that 6 nanometer chip is there. But uh, I don't know. It's just crazy to me now that we have our you know, quote unquote phones, like we were discussing earlier, um, that have significantly faster chips than we do in our consoles. Yeah. And obviously they're built differently. They're not as big and they don't have all the bells and all the bells and whistles that the full size chips do, but they are technically faster on, on, on paper than these consoles are. It's uh they also cost twice as much, right? So Right, right. You're paying a thousand dollars for your phone now. It used to be you paid about the same for a phone. Well, no, I mean, back in the day, what, a phone was 100 bucks or something. So the market's and, just changed a lot. Well, you know, like looking at this stuff, you know, I honestly do think it's a good move for them not for their mid-gen refresh or whatever, for it not to be like a pro version, you know, in a sense, like the same way that these, uh, the 1X in the PS4 Pro is. I think that's a good thing. I mean, for developers, because, like, are, are we really going to get to that point where it's like, okay, you don't have to make games for the uh, Xbox One anymore. Now you have to do the Series S, the Series X, and this Series X Plus or whatever it's going to end up being. Instead, it's just still going to be a Series S and Series X, but you might get some improvements here and there. This kind of almost reminds me of the Switch OLED in that sense, where there's, like, some nice quality of life adjustments to kind of like make it a more premium experience. I think there is a way to do it where you don't have to do something different for the new one. But my pushback to what you're saying would be, why would you buy it then though? If it's not the pro version, what's the point? You know, it's like a slot, you know, this is, this is better. This is more powerful. If this isn't giving you, you know, if it was me and I feel like I'm the target audience, I'm a big Xbox fan, I want the best experience, I have enough money to afford a refresh, these kids are not going to be the ones that do that. No, no. I I want to have a console that tells me any game that has the ability to do it will give you 120 frames and will give you ray tracing. That's what I want. That's what I thought I was buying with the Series X and it feels like whatever reason (laughs) you know we just haven't gotten that and to me if i'm going to spend another 500 dollars on a console i want that or i'm not spending one more penny on a console right that's next gen i guess or whatever next gen is going to be you know it's 
That's kind of what I feel. I feel so like this those, gen was supposed to be. Yeah, I do feel like that was the expectation of this gen to be 4K, 60 uh, ray tracing, like all the time, no matter what. But it's just it, it's turned out that it's 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 not the case, and I don't know what for. I don't know if it's just not they're not as powerful as as, as we thought they were going to be, or if you know these uh, games are pushing graphics further than you know they've ever gone, and so they end up having to make sacrifices i don't know i'm not a game developer i have no idea but either way they're they're not it the ps5 and the xbox series x were not getting that so i mean and obviously not this either this isn't going to really change that equation and so it might be until 2028 when we actually (laughs) get that sort of uh realization but I, i don't know i mean it's it, this does strike me as more as, as a slim version, like as the their slim, you know, how they had the Xbox Elite or the, you know, the slim or the PS4 slim or what whatever it was. This does strike me as that to where it's the same stuff. There's a few things, a few bells and window whistles here. Like, I mean, it does say updated technology. So you are getting things you mm-hmm. aren't getting on the other one. Right. And like and in I the same way, like back in the, the slim days, you you weren't really getting much that you hadn't gotten on the premium ones not much there isn't there was an extra like from the xbox one to the one one s there were uh, some things here that did improve it a little bit i don't remember well, I'm, if it was... I'm more thinking slim i didn't i didn't feel oh. like the s was a slim i felt it like it was more of a refresh more of an update this i remember like, the like that Xbox one the xbox one one or the uh sorry the 360 one i remember it was just like I don't really see what I'm getting with that. Right, it's the same thing, but there's a few quality of life changes there. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, you know, I, I agree. This doesn't this doesn't even seem as big of a a leap as the the One S because with the One S, I mean, you you got that 4K Blu-ray player, which not everyone cares about, but I thought that was a big deal. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, there was just a few more things with I don't know what they're doing with the uh, Series S. What about that controller? What what are they saying? is new with it. I see the, like the, the different design with the, uh, like the, uh, dual colors. It's kind of cool, but like yeah. what, what's, <laughs> is there anything that just uh, looks like my elite? That's right. My elite. It has the rubberized grips, which is good. I, I, I think, I think it is good if they move the elite to be like the standard and then maybe the elite can be an even more cutting edge, you know, have something new or something because the elite, when I moved to the lead, it was like, yep, I'm never buying another one. <laughs> this is right. so much better. Feels better. In fact, a built-in battery is so much better. Just everything felt better. More more rubby, more rubber, more grip. It just everything felt more premium. Um, so this this feels like a move. You know, they say the new controller, but honestly, it just looks like this is just an elite for the everybody. And there's haptics and, you know, an accelerometer that is something and has speakers. You know, these are things that, like, people are developing in their games uh, to work with things like the DualSense. And th- th- it might just kind of be... The be haptics to... double as speakers. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That's strange. Well, the haptics, right, are what makes it vibrate. Right, huh. they're, they're internal. I didn't think there didn't see, like, there's holes in there. Strange. I mean, double as speakers, that doesn't... <laughs> compute yeah, no. with me <laughs> but lift to wake i don't really know what that means either like to wake i guess what, instead of having to tro- 
you don't have to turn it on, I guess. You don't have to hold the Xbox button. What if you just... Uh, what if you're just moving the controller off the couch? Does it turn your <laughs> Xbox on? Like, <laughs> I guess if you don't like that, you can just turn it off. I guess so. It's kind of funny. Um, okay. Maybe it, maybe it asks you. But I don't know. The TV would have to be on to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, that haptic that doubles the speaker says, Would you like to turn the Xbox on, sir? No, I'm just moving no. it off the couch to put it on the charger. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I got to say all that. I could just move it and be left alone. Future is now. Yeah, that's kind of how technology is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think the, the the last like big thing that, unless there's something else with the, the, the hardware, the, is there anything else with the hardware you wanted to mention? I don't know what this universal controller in XDL means. I'm not sure what uh, XDL means. Inbox accessories, Bonnie and Bonnie Pro. <laughs> Sweet. Good for Who's that. that? <laughs> and then this Sybil, some code name for a project they're working on, I guess. What on earth? Yeah, I, I like what that means. Um, I think probably one of the last things is those like there's like a few emails that um, that leaks, which are just internal emails. There's a. Phil talking to the team about certain certain things. I think the big like big one that like a lot of people were talking about with the Nintendo one. Yeah. You know, uh, per- real quick. Personally, I d- I don't have much thoughts about that. I don't really think much of that. I mean, obviously, it's that it, that's a good headline. You know, like we want to buy Nintendo. You know, or that would be awesome if we bought Nintendo. You know, it's like okay. I mean, it's, yeah. it just doesn't really mean much, right? You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, or what, would they take active steps to do that? Or, you know, what, what is that? Was that ever an option? Or is it just like, yeah, that'll be cool. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's yeah. just something that I like, haven't read the whole thing, but it was never meant to huh. be like a public thing. And so him saying that in an email, it just, it, it just doesn't, doesn't mean too much, you know? I mean, I I, do, I I can take some onus with what he what with some of the stuff he said about you know how they would work better as like a software you know developer instead of like making hardware you know I I, I don't you know obviously the sales have kind of hashed out but if he means on just a technological uh, basis I mean I, I don't know I I, I, I don't know I, I don't know if you could say that with such confidence but you know whatever it's nothing i don't think he's saying anything i don't think he's saying anything super crazy or disrespectful either to that that if nintendo read this there'd be like how dare you i i don't see that personally but i don't know it's a good headline i'll say that yeah i think you know with any any time anybody's approached about being purchased i think it's just about where they are and where they what they want out of the future and uh, how they are looking financially and what kind of pressures they're under. Um, I, I I don't imagine you know this is this email is from 2020 that we're looking at right here, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, it, I think it's easy for people to sit here and judge and say you know uh, that would never happen and you know nintendo's doing fine on their own but you know nintendo is a very small company and any company that wants to come in and, and buy them 
you know, any bigger company. It, it, it could happen, whether it's a Japanese company or German company or U.S. company or whoever it is. Um, that's just business, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people would be offended by that. Be like, you're going to you're going to kill one of my darlings. And maybe so. I don't know. But that is that is just the way business is. And I I don't think, you know, overall it would be a good idea. I would probably be against it. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't really see how that would work. I guess when I, when I think about, I think, you know, if, if Microsoft wanted to own them and not touch them, that would be one thing, but it's kind of hard to see Xbox buying Nintendo with all their IP and all their value and not integrating all that into Xbox somehow. And that, that feels like a very weird thing. I think Nintendo's weirdness is what makes it enjoyable for such a large proportion of the market. And I think when you, when you have a larger company that, you know, all these companies, Sony, Microsoft, all these other tech companies are so much bigger than Nintendo and would, it's like this, tiny little warrior on a battlefield and have this huge thousand foot monster. I mean, that's really what Nintendo is compared to all these other companies. But I think just out of principle, it would be nice if, 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 if anything, you know, partnerships and, and collaborations be the, the path that, that any of these other companies take with Nintendo and just let sure. Nintendo be who Nintendo is. There's a few things that more, I wish Sega Sorry, was still that company. I wish there were more companies like that really. And I, I would hate to see, that go away even though i don't play nintendo games but i still i know that i see the value there and i see that it it is something that should stay it's just unique you know it's 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 kind of like a a wonder of the world it's like they do things that no one else does i was talking about this with adam like recently when it came to like uh speaking of wonder like with super mario wonder that's a game that's coming out recently it's like their new innovation of um Mario side scrolling, you know, something that had needed to be innovated for a while. How they worked on that, they just had their team just go. There was no talk about like what's, you know, how, you know, how, how we do it, right? When it comes to a lot of these bigger companies, what's Sucker Punch working on? What's Rare working on? And you just kind of wonder. They have these internal teams where you don't really question it. And they're just like, hey, work on this game, pour your creativity into it, and just take your time. And when it's ready, we'll announce it. You know, that's like something that doesn't happen very often it can you know obviously you have things like hi-fi rush where that was obviously the case and then they were like hey here it is and then it was like amazing but you know few few and far between and so like nintendo can like do these things with their internal studios that can be a surprise and could be rarities and in ways that i'm not i i you don't see very often in the way you know like kind of sony and microsoft function We'd always be, I, I don't know, it's, would I be against, like, them, Nintendo being bought? Not not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't know. If anyone can be bought. They have to be for sale, of course, but um, I, I don't know. I don't see it happening anytime soon. You know, if, especially with momentum. When momentum stops, that's when I, you start thinking, right? I think, like, Nintendo can always have t- one failure. Like, Wii U was a failure. If the Switch was just as much a failure, I think we'd be talking about that seriously right now. But no, oh, I think it would have happened a while ago, honestly. Like if they have two failures in a row, like Switch has had failures, such a long life. Yeah, Switch has been insane. I think it would have been years ago, maybe right. two years into the Switch, if it had just been like, "Yep, it's not selling." 
yeah if, if what I comes next is a failure and then people realize it's like mm -hmm. you have to have results when you have a, a public company that's publicly traded it's very different than when you have a private company that has private money and they can make private decisions but when you have a board and you have assets that are out there being traded and especially being bought up by these huge conglomerates that run these um you know these funds that that fund everyone's retirement it puts so much value on our our big you know tech players which is the main force of growth in the market right now are they are they pushing growth mm -hmm. and if yeah. they're not then there's so much push to okay we got to do something we they need to sell off we need to find new assets we got to do something and so yeah yeah. That's the thing. Exactly what you said. That's the thing. You know, is the innovation coming? Are people enjoying what's being put out? No matter how much we think that you know, Nintendo creates art and has all this value as an art art house, they're only a couple mistakes away from closing up shop. And honestly, you know, if they do start to make mistakes, it may at some day it may just be you know enough of the old guard is now gone. It's not the Nintendo of that it was yesterday you know rare is very much that they're not the yeah. rare that they used to be no. um even activision is not the activision that they were years ago that you know or valve they're they're not the valve that created these great games that uh that we know them for but that doesn't mean that they can't have a new life but at some point these studios just end up being that way <laughs> just people age right. out and you know the next generation can never meet the same expectations that they did because they're different people and they have different values and they have different skills and just things change in that way it's why so many studios are spun off and, and brought up because there's people die people get get upset and so you know one day i can see nintendo being in in a place where that might happen but i i think you know there's still I think they may be near the end of their heyday, but I'd say they're still in they're still in a productive, healthy place. I um, think the they're in their renaissance. Great success. Like I think they're in like I think they're firing on like so many cylinders that I haven't seen Nintendo do in a long time. Like as far as like what they're putting out and the Switch itself being what it is like would tears of the kingdom run at 4k 60 with ray tracing probably on the series x probably but you know i would hate to see that not be on the switch you know i'd hate to this for the, like something like the switch not to exist i'd hate if there was something as innovative but would it mean it wouldn't exist if it was on both things well i don't, I, I don't know I'm, if i agree with that I'm saying like looking in I'm both. saying an alternate reality to where it's like say something as innovative of the switch is 20 years away 15 or 10 years away or something like that and there's going to be something as innovative and that like really connects with so many people if if they were to be bought in 4 years would that thing not happen you know would they not be the console making company or who doesn't make hardware because I love that Nintendo makes hardware like are they you know usually they haven't been competitive power wise as far as pure specs since the GameCube but but that, I, I don't know that both things couldn't exist I don't know that they couldn't make it for the Switch put out game and also release it on the Xbox granted, I don't know that that would ruin it I, I think that would just bring more people in to enjoy their things I would be playing Nintendo games if they're on the Xbox 
Simple yeah, I mean, that, granted, but probably. I just don't find enough value to buy the Switch. I would like to play their games. I just don't. I just don't want to put down the money for the Switch. And honestly, I'd rather play on an Xbox controller. No, yeah, and I, I hear it's you, and that's. Uh, that. But I still that, want to play their games. Right, and that's that's something that a lot of people have too. I've heard I've heard that before. You know, people who don't buy Nintendo consoles generally, but are intrigued by the games that they put out. I mean. Obviously, if Nintendo was for everyone, then, you know, everyone who had a Sony or a Microsoft machine would also have a Nintendo machine. But I I, I don't know. I I just feel that they offer something special with their consoles. And yeah, again, yeah, you're right that if they were purchased or something like that, maybe they would still make consoles. I don't know. I just I think they offer something special for some people. Absolutely. That that that's my opinion, and I just wish that they could offer that something special, and offer a game, you know, like Tears of the Kingdom that I could play, on the console that I want to play. I I don't. I think that that has been something that has annoyed me, and and I understand why they do it. It's you know. It yeah, that's been sense. an ongoing discussion of but I do the feel like topic of exclusivity you know as far as like console exclusivity when it comes to like things like spider-man and yeah. you know starfield with people who aren't xbox or pc owners i mean that that's i feel like nintendo is in a special place though where i feel like I'm a larger percentage of people who are console exclusive on xbox or on playstation are more fluid between those than the Nintendo people are. I do feel like I agree. you would not see a large drop of people who are playing on Switch if that game was also available on Xbox. I really don't. I think you would just make a lot more money. <laughs> I think it'd be that simple. You'd still sell the Switch. People would love their Switch. Because I hear these people saying, oh yeah, I love that I can move it around and it's mobile. And it's just that doesn't ring true for me. And I, and I don't think it's you know not a valid opinion. It's just not my personal view. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have no reason to move to that because I say, well, that's not how I play. When I play, I have a couple hours. I like to sit down on my couch. I like to be in front of my large TV, and I want to play with a controller. And I just want to play games. So it doesn't really matter who makes the game. I just want to play a game that interests me. And I hear how great these games are, and it's like, man, I, you know. And and it's just, you know, obviously this all came from this email. So it's like I just wish this was more about Phil like pushing Nintendo like let's team up is there any way we can do a, a game together you know maybe it's some new property maybe it's something something else that you guys are willing to share you know maybe it's you don't want to open up the 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 vault to your babies but maybe there's something something new that we can do together because that would be cool I wish that was more the push because like I said I don't think that buying them would be a great idea but I do think collaborating could be really great a great step into the Japanese market too I'd be interested to see what that would look like as far as like collaboration because obviously Microsoft has collaborated with Nintendo in certain ways like for instance releasing the Ori games on the Switch and playing ball with the Smash Bros characters like Banjo and Steve Um, so yeah I mean we've seen collaboration in that direction uh, I'd be interested to see what that would look like in the other direction. Like, what does that mean? Like, I can't imagine. Doom comes to Switch. Do- well, Doom's already on <laughs> Switch. <laughs> but the newest Dooms are on Switch? Doom and Doom Eternal are on Switch. Whether or not you want to play them there is one those, thing. I will not believe those work. I know, right? Um, but, like... So, there you go. 
We've yeah. already shared. Come on now. Come yeah, on. I'm I'm curious to what to what level that would look like because I can't ever imagine whether or not we have Doom. I can't imagine that Nintendo Switch would ever have Master Chief, or I you know something like that. But like in, in the same way, I can't imagine them saying, "Hey, well, here's one. Here's one that I could imagine." Uh, one that's uh, has Mario in it, but isn't just solely Mario uh, Nintendo produced. Mario Rabbits to be like, hey, this is a Ubisoft game. We will allow this to be cross-platform and have a you know a game that has Mario in it, but without us releasing you know Mario Odyssey or you know Mario Wonder on these consoles. Where I they, could see a are... Mario game, honestly. Eventually, one day, mm-hmm. I could see them doing a Mario game. It would be something like that. Just because it'll make them more money. I think it really will make them more money, and that's what matters mostly. Yeah. It's it's, I, I just it's interesting they, to think about. They're probably caught up on the idea, like you said, where it's selling consoles, but it's just, I don't know. I just don't feel like, it's just not the same as PlayStation Spider-Man. I just don't think it's the same. In what way? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think, like I said, I think the people who are going to buy a Nintendo console are going to buy a Nintendo console, whether or not that game is offered on Xbox. I just don't think that's going to make a huge difference for people. The fact that Spider-Man is on PlayStation, I think it's a bigger deal for people. They're like, you know, mm. I, I, I want to play, I want to play Spider-Man. I'm going to get a PlayStation game. I don't think they're going to say, well, I can just play my Mario game on Xbox. I don't think they're going to say that. They're going to say, I want to get the new Nintendo console. I get to play the, I get to play the the new Mario game. Hey, I already have an Xbox. I get to play the Mario game too. That's what I feel like it would feel like. Be, it's and an interesting it alternate reality to look into. But. Right, because it, it would be interesting to be like, okay, all these Nintendo games are also on PlayStation and Xbox. To to then say, why would you get a Switch and not like a Steam Deck or something like that if you really want like portability? I'm I'm. I wonder what that would be like. I mean, obviously, Nintendo would have to have some exclusives. I mean, like I think I feel like if you're gonna ask someone to have multiple consoles at all, they have to have some exclusives, like or some exclusivity to them. I, I wouldn't own an Xbox if they didn't have exclusives. Same with PlayStation or or Switch. Like if there were if they were just third party so machines. Own anything. Uh, well, I mean, I'll do one. I'll do one thing. Sorry, is what I'm what I mean by that. I'll do one <laughs> console, whether it's. If everything's on PC, play, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, I don't think all of them would exist at the same time. I think whatever one is the least powerful and whatever and has no... Like the Switch, again, Like I feel like something like the Steam Deck or the Odin or whatever, if you really want a portable experience, might... might so I, let's, I don't say, know. let's say there's nothing exclusive. Then it would come down to what do you like the most, and I still feel like people who enjoy the Switch are going to play on the Switch. People who enjoy Nintendo's version of hardware are still going to play on that console. That's the way I feel. And mm-hmm. like for me, I I enjoy the way the Xbox controller. That's always been a big thing for me. So I'd still be playing on Xbox. But I think the only I I think that the you know the PlayStation and the Xbox are the ones that are the most similar. But I think Nintendo has. That's the thing that I think they've always had is that they are, they're more unique. You know, back in the day, they were very similar to Sega, but they had enough unique that they did set themselves apart. They had a better yeah. controller, honestly. They, they just downright had a better controller back in the day. They were an innovator in that up until the GameCube, I would say. And then N64. I didn't like that controller either. Yeah, no. 
but I, I will say as like as like probably the big definitely the biggest Nintendo fan here if if that w- if that reality was true and like there were not really any exclusives it was just like and, and the switch existed the question and like I would I'd be like okay all these games that you're looking forward to Jordan they're gonna be on the Xbox Series X or they're gonna be on the PlayStation 5 the question of if I would own a switch would be up for debate in, in in my head I'd be like well do I want a switch every single one of those games I mean is do I just want portability or is like that whole or because everything that I thought I was going to get with the switch you know with it comes to the, like those exclusive games that I could only play on this as no longer a thing and they're going to look better on these other consoles do I still want this I it would be a serious question in my head whereas right now of course I my switch is treasured in our household um but if that was a different situation like that where all those games are on the xbox and like say switch 2 is coming out amber would be like no are you kidding and I, where i'd be like conflicted about it but, i don't know and so I, I at the point you know at a certain point it is kind of all about the games you know hardware is great and hardware is really nice and i think the switch hardware is awesome it's only part of the equation where if the games weren't there, I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, for instance, if, like, Spider-Man was on any console, it, 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 and, like, all those games that I like on Sony, then it would be like, well, which one do I want? Xbox Series X or, or PS5? I don't know. <laughs> it, it is crazy when you think about it. Like, this FTC, the whole trial, has been, like, this battle of how dare you Xbox have exclusives. And then you have Nintendo sitting there, and everything's exclusive. Everything's exclusive. That's what they got. Like, 99% of the games that they put out are exclusive. Right. If there were a third-party machine, it wouldn't work. That, like, like the, the Switch itself, I think it wouldn't work if it was just, like, a third-party machine. Because, again, you, we have us talking about, oh, they have Doom? Oh, good lord, how much does that look? You know what I mean? And it's true. Yeah. It's true. You have all these things, and it's neat that it can play it. But are you wanting to play that there? No, I don't own Doom on the Switch. I own Doom on the, the other consoles. And it's it just, there's no way I want to play it on the Switch. And But... Bet your butt I'm putting 115 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. And so it's like, <laughs> that sells the console for me. It's uh, it's an interesting reality to think of where I think uh, I-, I would be interested in collaboration, though. I think it would be cool to see like a lot of these games come to certain platforms, maybe at like a certain point. Maybe like games that aren't so tied to Nintendo's identity, like Splatoon. Or, or, or something like that, like, after a while, like, in the same way certain games start on Nintendo, but then eventually come to other platforms. I mean, those are all third-party games, like Octopath Traveler and Monster Hunter Rise. Those are, you know, Square Enix and Capcom, respectively. But I would be interested to, to boot up my Xbox and see Nintendo pop up. The same way when I boot up Ori on the Nintendo Switch to see that Microsoft Studio logo pop up. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> Yeah, in the in uh, the show with the Sony PlayStation logo on the Xbox, like it is. That's nuts. I love that crap. It's crazy. But (laughs) there was. uh, I don't know. Where does this go from here? Right? Where's? I don't know. I mean, it was a comment that he made. I I don't know. Three years ago. So. Right. I, I don't know how if they're actively pursuing anything or, or talking. I think like back then there was a lot more like talk back in the day, like and during that time of 
it was people felt it was only a matter of time before we saw like we're talking seriously about Game Pass on Switch and Cloud X Cloud being on Switch like stuff like that was being talked about a lot more uh, consistently at that time. Were, were there more conversations happening then? Was more a bigger effort to collab happening then? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Would be interested to know like where they're at now if they're having any sort of conversation or mm-hmm. if it's all just a head cannon in uh, Phil Spencer's head. Be like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's possible to say. Off well, it sounds top. like they did talk, so hmm. there was some actual conversation. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would love to be in that room when it happened to kind of see what was discussed. Very, very interesting stuff. Let's have another leak. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> there was a, another one about like Sony about the PlayStation Five. I, I, I didn't see anything in that. Uh, did, you, did you hear about that? Just kind of talking about how no, like, I didn't. I didn't it's basically them saying, yeah, I think the Xbox Series X is better. Like you know, as far as power was concerned, it's like of course. One, you know, a lot of that's true. And two, why wouldn't you say that? You know what I mean? It, it doesn't seem like anything. Again, like that is worth. I don't know any sort of debate. I I, I don't know. It's not like he fired shots across Sony's bow, honestly, <laughs> with that comment. It was just, yeah, we like our console. It's like, what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it sounded to me like he was just saying, yeah, I'm confident with what we have after seeing what they have. Right. right. I don't, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's not like. like good. I think they've both say. been good consoles. Yeah. There hasn't been any issues with either, it seems. Like, looking at... I pay attention to, like, oh, okay, you know, if there's something that's not on Game Pass or something, and it's a question of which version is better, there's not really a lot of difference, you know, when it comes to those things. You know, as far as, like, what version of the game is better? It doesn't seem like there's that big a difference at all (laughs) at this this point. (laughs) Unless you have, like, a Series S, then, of course, there's a difference. But X and 5, they're just, you know, doing their thing. Again, yeah. it just comes down to how much do you like Game Pass? How much do you like the controller? How much do you like the exclusives? Yeah. Power, I, I don't know if you're going to notice this generation. I don't know. Well, I just I, I find it disappointing when I don't see 120. And it just seems like when I jump into Halo, I've been, I've been playing some Halo recently. It is a rock solid 120 frames when I'm playing multiplayer. And it's the same thing with Call of Duty. And then when I when I played something like Redfall, it was terrible. The, the, it was amazing what a difference when I jumped from one game straight to the next. I was like, oh, my God. It's like I moved into the 2023 20, and I was playing in like 2002. It was just crazy. And I, it feels like, okay, this is a problem with the developers. The hardware's there. Yeah. But for some reason, these games are just not being optimized or, you know, whatever it is. I, I don't develop games but man when you get that solid 120 you know horizon was the same thing forza horizon looked amazing and at high frame right. rate and and it still had you know i think i think it was 4k i, I don't know it was it was it was a enough <laughs> resolution um and i just i i just want everybody to be able to reach those goals i, I think it makes the games so much more fun to play just so much more enjoyable when there's no screen tearing and there's no those low frames it's just oh right hate games that play at low frames 
it gets to a point where it's like if enough 60 frames per second, like for instance, I'm using 60 as an example, if enough 60 frames per second games are out, it, it like 30 does become like a pariah at some point where people start to expect 60 or above. It, it, I, I found this with uh, Final Fantasy 16. They have they have a performance mode, but I, I tell you what that that the visual fidelity suffers a lot when you go into performance mode. It almost gets to the point where it, it is kind of like this, you know, Sophie's choice of which one do you want? And I ended up with the yep. 60 at the end of the day, but it, it, it did feel like, man, I just wish they were able to get that fidelity. And, and it is, I think a developer thing because you see, again, I'm going to say another horizon yeah. horizon forbidden West, that game on 60 in 60 frames looks insane. And it looks good as freak, but I, I and so it is a developer thing at the end of the day. Um, a lot of the times when they're not able to utilize um, the console in the best way, I, I don't know what the problem is, but and the fact that it can do 120. I mean, to right. me, it's like if this is capable of doing 120, why isn't everyone at least doing 60? Right. Like I, I, I whenever a game has it. And, and a lot of first-person shooters have it, where it'll tell you what the frame rate is. Call of Duty has it, Halo has it. And it's just when I see that, it frustrates me to know that I'm jumping into these other games. I mean, even Starfield, you know, yeah. it's yeah. first-party now, but, you know, what does that even mean when it's a studio that was bought a year and a half ago? The game but, was being worked on for years yeah, and years yeah. before I mean, they were ever bought. It's yeah. not fair, but... It's but, not uh, like it would run on 60 on, on PS4, I mean PS5. But they are inside the building, so it's like they do have the access now that they are first party, you know. Right. So it's like how much harder it must be for an Ubisoft game or something else to, to hit 120. So Yeah. I don't know. They need to figure it out. I know that. I, I, have, I do have a, a general question when it comes to, like, this leak. Uh, just kind of overall do you did you do you think this leak is like ooh that's bad you know as far as like how does it do you feel like it hurts microsoft not in like in a big way or a small way or at all i mean i don't know yeah i i think it hurts i th- i think it's i think it's a pretty big deal um you know i think they're they're having to scramble and change their plans and try to mix things up because they don't they don't like having all their cards exposed but yeah i think it's a pretty big deal i think um you know whether it's sony or nintendo or you know whoever is making moves and releasing games i think for them to know everything that's coming is bad because now they can start engineering and trying to push their stuff to beat i mean all the stuff was predictable but at the same time to know concretely at least a pretty good window of when they're trying to release these things. It's a big advantage for the consumer for the for the competition. So, yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. a, I think it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to probably cause huge strife for the company in the long run. But I would say there's some some serious meetings going on right now. <laughs> Phil Spencer's probably on Zoom right now, still yelling at people with a horse. Her horse voice. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough place to be right now. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like personal, like I view it on a few things. Like in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I think you're right. It is a big deal. Uh, personally, as like you know, a consumer, me, Jordan, the consumer, it, it, nothing in that struck me as like. These are these are things I don't like, and I don't like seeing them. You know, yeah, there's yeah. very nothing. predictable. Yeah, yeah, like the console itself that that's coming out the refresh. I was like, okay, 
whatever. Um, and the, the games, I'm like, okay, there are a few games in there I want to see, you know, I'm sure there's other games that I don't know about again, like, and also games I do like fable and, you know, uh, uh, this, this, of things of that sort where I'm like, okay, these games are coming. I just don't know when, you know, it, they're not on that list at all. And I just, I don't know what to make of that, but in, in those emails or they don't really hit me in any way. It's just like, okay, this, why wouldn't he say these things? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so uh, for me personally, they're a, not a big deal at all, but for them, I do think, you know, as far as a brand and as a company, I, 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 I think it's got to hurt. It's yep. got to hurt in some, so, some sort of way for sure. But yeah, I, I hope that, you know, again, a lot of stuff is old. I hope, you know, there's, they have a lot of other tricks up their sleeve and things happening. I think like a lot of moves they're making with game pass is, is good. Like, and pleases me in a lot of ways. And, uh, for instance, what they are, the, what they're doing with Sega and like a lot of these games coming out with Sega on game pass day one, I feel like really please people like me and I feel like they have a lot of good things to offer especially with Game Pass and I think they can they come out with some surprises as far as some of their first party ventures so I don't know I'm not worried personally but I'm sure people are as you said are getting their butts chewed up and just yeah <laughs> I'd hate to be in that room but I kind of oh, yeah. would if I was invisible. Like if I was invisible and I was yep. in that room, I'd want to be in that room to be like, oh, 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 shoot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, got, I got screamed at. <laughs> Anyways, that's our show. They'll be redacting their documents a lot better in the future. We know that. No kidding. I can't believe that stuff was able to be accessed through. What a stupid way to do it. You leaked it yourself. It's not even some some reporter got somebody to do something under the table. I heard that. Nope. Like, like Phil Spencer had a response. I'm like, what was his response? Oops. You know, it's like, but no, something like, you know, along the lines of what you'd think. Oh, we're regret, very regretful. This, you know, these documents are out there. We look forward to announcing our having our real announcements later you know stuff you said something like we got we got other stuff coming this is not everything yeah which i'd hope he really downplayed the mid mid thing he he really made it seem like it wasn't going to happen like weeks before this ever happened i remember him being like well we don't know if it's still the same market that it was when we were doing you know basically we're not going to do that they were definitely going to do that yeah i mean i think little liar you Maybe he was like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what I meant was, you know, we're not doing this, the one the X thing. We're doing this, though. You know, <laughs> it's not yep. the same. It's not the same. It doesn't have like its own skew of game or whatever, but it's not the same. <laughs> Anywho, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Thank you for the news topic, though, I guess. You know, you, you definitely filled a, a slot for this week. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for supporting the pod. You're not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's in, he's yelling at us now. He's here. You are not welcome. <laughs> okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Phil Spencer cost me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it, uh, but anyways, yeah, we'll be back next week. Maybe there'll be a, a Sony leak or something like that, or another Nintendo leak. I don't know. 
We'll see. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See ya.